Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Hello, good morning. This is Cheryl McLaughlin. As you heard, you're tuned into the Austin Gardener. So pretty outside, right? It's just nice, nice, nice weather. Sure wish we could get some of that rain they're getting out in California and other places. But uh, maybe we have a slight chance of rain uh, sometime this week, so let's cross our fingers. Anyway, uh, if you guys want to join the show, 512-836-0590 is the call or text number. Uh, Or we do have a toll-free line if you need that. It's 877-590-5525. So again, 512-836-0590, call or text. Um, And I was listening to uh, the show earlier, and I I saw this text that came up, and I imagine he answered it, but I didn't hear the answer to it, so I'm going to go over it again. Um, And there's a photo of a wisteria, and it says, My wisteria never blooms, just flushes out green and grows like crazy. Thank you, Laura and Wimberly. Okay, so listen, there's male and females. This is why I always tell people, if you buy a wisteria, if you want a wisteria, buy it when it's blooming. Because if you get a male wisteria, it's never going to bloom. Um, The other thing that people have told me is if your wisteria never blooms, take a a broomstick and go out there and whack on it, Uh, sort of stimulate it, uh, whack it a few times and see if it doesn't uh, make it bloom. The other thing that I would recommend is root pruning, which means that you can go around the base of the wisteria where it's planted, go out from the stem a foot or two, and take a sharpshooter and just slice straight down all the way around it. And sometimes that also will work. Um, But if it ever bloomed, I would want to know that. Because if it ever bloomed when you first got it or whatever, that means it's definitely possible for it to bloom and we just need to try some of these other things you also could try putting down some time relief organic fertilizer that's formulated for flowering plants um, which you know is different than the one we use on our yards and stuff like that so just my two cents on that I I've had that question over the years many many times and it's uh, it's just you know uh, you're if you bought it and it was blooming then you have a shot if it was never blooming you might have got a male in which case you probably want to start over get a female instead okay <clears throat> well the the mountain laurels are sure pretty this year they're blooming away and i have a bumper crop of uh, velcro plant i mean that stuff is going crazy in my yard and unfortunately, it's spreading down to my neighbor's yard. So I get a text this morning from my, my really sweet neighbor uh, saying, hey, <laughs> could you do something about your crop of 
of sticky weed, he called it. Uh, and he says, really down in my, it's gotten into my pathway and it's just taken over. So I'm going to try to get somebody to come out there, at least weed eat it down. I, I'm not an herbicide person, so I'm not going to spray it. And it doesn't last very long. It It's up for a while and it does its thing just enough to be annoying. But then it goes dormant. It burns out again. Problem is, if you can't get it before it sets seed, which I didn't last year, um, then you're going to get it again. Uh, so that's uh, that's not great, okay? All right, let's see here. Uh, oh, another text I wanted to um, get to. I'm trying to... Uh, see if I can find it again, but basically the question was, do Mount Laurels make a good hedge? Yes, if you're looking for a tall hedge, uh, they certainly can be a wonderful evergreen hedge, uh, but you know, you, you don't want to always have to be cutting them down. So if you're looking for a six-foot hedge or an eight-foot hedge, you're probably not going to want to get uh, a Mount Laurel. Uh, you're going to probably want to go with, I mean, I would just need to know what size hedge you wanted before I could recommend stuff. Um, you can always use compact cherry laurel uh, as a good hedge. That is one of my favorite plants, as long as, you know, the deer won't eat it uh, because they love it, unfortunately. Um but I, I, there's a lot of good evergreens that make good hedges, so I'm not sure which, which size of a hedge. If you want to text me again about that, um, that's, now's a good time to do that. Okay, 512-836-0590. Um, I, got, I got a list here of what you can seed with a couple of exceptions, like onion plants this time of year and it's it's really uh the a great time of year to plant all this stuff some of these are at the very end of their planting date but you can be doing beans beets broccoli cabbage carrots cauliflower chard collards corn and these are at the end of the planting time cucumber lettuce mustard onion plants parsley, radish, squash, turnips, and according to my book, you can still do potatoes, just the very last day for doing potatoes. I did hear Jeff say he thought it was way too late for them, and it could be that since this book was written, things have changed just enough to where it's not good anymore. But <clears throat> So uh, you can always go to your AgriLife in whatever county you're in, and they have a planting guide there that you can go to to see what is the time for planting which vegetables and, and stuff like that. So just Google AGRI, A-G-R-I, life, you know, Bell County, Travis County, where we are, Williamson. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Eric in Cedar Park, how's it going? Good, thank you. Yeah, what's up? <clears throat> yeah, um... I've had I've been in my house about 22 years. Uh, my oaks got really large, um, and the backyard has subsequently gotten very shady. So I've just had my all my trees pruned to get a little more light back there. Mm -hmm. About to 
fix my irrigation and I just need to replace my entire um, grass. So I'm going to add dirt and then I'm going to resod the entire backyard. But I just, um, I, I'm just kind of torn on what grass to get that would still probably get a lot of shade, um, but, but definitely more sun now. Um, and, and I just don't know if St. Augustine or, or Zoiza would be the best way to go. Well, St. Augustine is by far our best shade grass. There's one called Amerishade, St. Augustine, that you may want to look into. Uh, it's Amerishade, okay. Yeah, Amerishade. It's supposed to be more shade tolerant, but um, you can ask at your grass place and see what they have. You know, they're always coming out with new cultivars, and uh, that may not be the latest one, but definitely St. Augustine. I love Zoysia, but I have tried it in the deep shade, and I know your shade is light right now, but it's not going to stay that way. You know, your trees are going to grow back. Um, so I yeah. think that's pretty much your choice is uh, going to be the St. Augustine back there. Amerishade St. Augustine probably my Okay. Yeah, I check really that out. It. Read up on it. See if you think it'd work. All right. All thank, right. Thank, thank you. you very much. Yes, sir. Thanks uh, for calling. Okay, let's see. Um, I'll look at a couple of texts I got in here. And if you want to join the show, again, it's 512-836-0590. That's a call or text number. Um, here's one. Should broccoli and cauliflower starter plants have the stems covered with soil the way tomatoes do? Thanks for the show. No. And even, really, tomatoes don't need that either. Um, that's that's a, a way they used to do it a lot. I mean, it, it can work, but it's not absolutely necessary. Um, so, yeah, no, you don't do that with those. Let's see here. So, only by a female wisteria, or do you need both? No, you can just have a female. Do you have a favorite wisteria? There's a Texas variety amethyst falls is common yeah there is a native wisteria i'll talk about that but we got to take this break real quick and then we'll be back right after this welcome to the austin gardener with cheryl mclaughlin on news radio klbj 590 am and 99.7 fm okay we are back and again 512-836-0590 is the call or text line. Uh, let's go to the caller online. He wants to talk about Wisteria as well. Hey, Jeffrey, how's it going? It's going. Um, I I did one for an elderly friend of mine. She's been she's been gone now like ten years, and I planted it up in Cedar Park. And I actually planted two on the same trellis, mm-hmm. one on one side, one on another, because she wanted a hoop. But when I did my research, I found one that bloomed in the fall and one that bloomed in the spring. Mm-hmm. And so I planted those, and they started taking off and doing really well. But then again, she ended up moving out of the house. But there, I, I found back then, and this has probably been maybe 10 years ago, that uh, you know there is, there is one that blooms in the fall also. I did not know that. I've never well, known Well, I didn't either until I started researching it and found them. And I actually... Um, I'm trying to remember where I bought them. I know uh, if I ended up maybe having to go to Houston to get them or just what. But um, 
Yeah, you probably but, uh, don't remember the name of them, I wouldn't think. No, I don't. Like I said, she, she passed over 10 years ago, and I planted them <laughs> probably 15 years ago. And uh, But it, they're right. They're right off of uh, El Salito Parkway, right behind the park mm-hmm. in Cedar Park. She, her house sat right on the corner, and they faced the street. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I went through a lot of stuff for her because what she wanted. She says, you know, I really want the Wisteria, and, and um, she'd like to have them, and I said, well, I can find one that does this and does this. And she said, well, can we do one of each? I said, sure, let's try it. So, but you, you, did you hang around long enough to see if that fall bloomer really bloomed in the fall? You know, I don't remember. Uh, that's the problem with, you know, getting up in age is that we start looking at it, and I, and I see so so many different things. Yeah. Uh, but I, it made me think this conversation today about going up there this week and looking at and seeing if the one, if the, the people that live there now, they may have taken it out. Yeah. Might have gotten but, too big. Uh I planted it where it was just between two big windows, and it had a brick, a brick back behind it, and it was getting you know good morning sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but there again, it made me think about that and make myself a note to maybe check, go up there and look next time I'm up that way to see if it's still there or not. But well, this I, I person, did find two of them. <clears throat> well, I found cool. one that would do spring, <clears throat> and one that would do uh, fall. Well, thank you so much for that input, Jeff. I appreciate it very much. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. So, you know, when I was growing up, we had a big wisteria. I've talked about it a million times on this show. Um, It was a – that my parents let it become a huge shrub. In other words, it wasn't growing on anything. The the stem of it will twist around itself and form a a literal trunk. And that thing was, you know, gosh, eight feet tall and – 15 feet across and when it bloomed in the spring it was so spectacular that the newspaper would come and take pictures of it and put it in the and they did not have a green thumb we had the wisteria we had a banana tree about 10 feet away from it (laughs) which would make little bananas of course they never did ripen so but i didn't know there there was that much wisteria i have not really used it much in my design business uh, just because it's so aggressive and, and uh, needs such a huge support. Uh, here's another text. Um, let's see here. It is Velcro plant the same as bed straw? Thanks. I I don't know. I, bed straw might be the beggar slice, which is uh, different. It's the one that forms the little burr-like things that'll stick to your dog and your pants and everything else. Is sow thistle edible? Thanks. I do not know that. Does anybody know if sow thistle is edible? I don't know that. Uh, Never thought to eat a sow thistle, but good question. If I get time, I'll try to look it up. As I've said, though, it's hard to get a signal in here. Uh, here's another text. Hi, Cheryl. I planted a rose bush over five years ago, and it has never bloomed. It's a beautiful green bush. I don't baby it, just rose fertilizer in the spring. Any suggestions? Well, that's very interesting because roses are really easy here. Um, the only thing I can th- you you buy fertilizer just for roses which is good um, because when something doesn't bloom, I always think 
are you giving it nitrogen fertilizer? Is it getting nitrogen fertilizer from your your yard? You know, like if you're putting, um, you know, like we do, put the stuff on the uh, yard, and then it gets into the rose bush. It'll have great foliage and no blooms sometimes. Um, but I don't know that I don't know why yours would not be blooming except for that. And the other thing would be don't overwater it. You say you don't baby it, and that's good. And I guess finally, it may be a rose that is just not suitable for our area, which I guess is possible. Um, so that's the best I can do for you right there. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Richard and Allendale, how's it going? I, I better hear you. Uh, <clears throat> what, what I have trouble with, my ochre doesn't get over two foot tall, and then my deal, it gets about a foot tall, and then it turns uh, sort of like a mold gets on it. It turns white. And then I'd like to know if two, I think it's two other plant beans. I mean, my wife wouldn't be plant beans, but I think it's two other I, you can plant beans right now by seed. I, I can barely hear you right now. Yeah, you can plant right now by seed. I don't know why you can't hear me. Um, I, can, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and plant beans by seed. Now, are you fertilizing your okra? Because it does like to be fertilized a couple of times with organic fertilizer. Uh, it doesn't require large amounts of water. Um, lava sand and soft rock phosphate will help to increase yields. You can also use some Texas green sand because um, our soils are so that that gives a little bit of iron. Um, a thick I mulch if it's, it has something to do with cotton root rot. Well, it would probably die, but it, it's uh, possible that I mean because cotton root rot will take a plant out in in hours. When it, if it yeah. gets, you know, hours. Let me see if my tr- trouble, my problem solver says anything. Um, it, slow it, growth. Deal. My deal, won't, it, it just, it gets about a foot tall and then it starts gray. Yeah, you got to have good drainage. Does your soil stay wet? Uh, n- no. Okay. And now it says here. It just don't need much water. Uh, it yeah you you don't it's got to have good drainage. Uh, I think okay. probably we're talking low fertility here. Yeah, I had it, I had it in a raised bed. Yeah, well that should work. And uh, okra it doesn't it doesn't need much water. No, it doesn't need very water, very much water. No. No. Okay. But I don't Thanks. know other the other thing I would say to you is, please make sure there's plenty of airflow around the plants. Yes. It sounds like you might be getting powdery mildew. And one thing you can do to help with that is spray it, the foliage with liquid seaweed. That really okay. helps uh, to prevent things like powdery okay. mildew. Okay, so try all that and then let me know if you have better luck. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks for calling. Okay, let's go to Cecilia and Streetman. Yeah, how can I help hey, you? Sure. Hey, Yeah. So we have an area that gets a, a lot of water. Um, it's coming out. The water's coming from a, um, a refrigerator or an ice maker machine. Mm-hmm. 
and um, the the ground is always sopping wet, and we're trying to figure out what kind of plants might do well. I mean, we're going to have to do some landscaping there and dig up some soil, but for now, do you have any ideas for a plant that would do well in foggy area? Yeah, well, most ferns would love that. Uh, okay. Most mint would love that. Um, you could do Turk's cap in that scenario. Um, oh. Wild onions, native wild onions will grow right in water. Okay. Uh, Texas star hibiscus. What are the sun conditions there? Uh, it gets full sun. Oh, full sun. I don't think mm-hmm. the Texas star would like the full sun. Uh, it likes okay. afternoon shade. But I think some of those other things. Here's an interesting thing you can do. If you go to the website for the, uh, it's called wildflower.org. That's the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center's website. And then if you click on native plants, it'll come up with lists of for different uh, scenarios. And one of the lists is for creekside planting. Things that'll grow in, you know, uh, along creeks and stuff. You might get some more inspiration from that. Oh, that's a good idea. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Does that help you? All right. It does. All right. Well, good luck. Have Have fun with that. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, Here's some more text. But if you guys want to join in, 512-836-0590. Here's a comment. Jeff said it was too late to plant onions, not potatoes. It would be too late to plant them by seed, but this is the about the last day that at least my Texas Organic Vegetable Gardening Guide says you can plant the plants. Um, but he knows. He's probably uh, more informed about that than I am. But I think you could plant – I'd try it. I mean, what the heck? Uh, let's see here. Does the Marishade St. Augustine need a lot of water and frequently? If yes, what grass will grow in a lot of shade and is drought tolerant? Okay, this is a very good question because St. Augustine is mostly a really water-needy grass when it's planted in very shallow soils with a lot of rock underneath it, which happens to a lot of us over here in Austin. If, like this gentleman was going to bring in new soil, if you can, as much soil as you can provide for St. Augustine, you water it uh, deeply and not so often. And St. Augustine is, can be much more drought tolerant than people think it is. It all depends on the depth of the soil. Uh, and if you can add, you know, several inches of soil, uh, then those roots, and you water it deeply, those roots will go way down deep in there. And then it's, uh, you know, once a week, max, maybe even every 10 days, until we get to, you know, late July, August, that's when it might need twice a week watering. But again, if you water, if you have enough soil, and you can water it deep. I mean, I grew up with a huge yard of St. Augustine, uh, and we didn't even have irrigation, but it was a lot of soil, and my grandfather never watered it. All right, time for the news. We'll be right back.
Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. <clears throat> and let's go straight to the phone lines. Andy in South Austin, it's your turn. Hello, Andy, are you there? Okay, just put him on hold. Um, I'll, I can put him on hold. Go back to him and see if he's there. Okay, um, I need to plant medium-sized shrubs along a fence that faces north. It gets morning sun and midday sun. Could I plant Indian hawthorn? If not, what would you recommend? Now, here's why I don't use Indian hawthorn. It's so cute. It is so cute, but I have never seen it not get um, a fungus in the spring, the black spot fungus. It is so prone to it that, I mean, I just don't... it, and it's disfiguring, right? So it's not like it's going to be gorgeous after that. I would try to do some things. I mean, if you just want a green shrub, you can always use something like dwarf yopon. But there's so much more fun stuff out there. Um, you could use a dwarf bottle brush. You could use bush germander. You could use really probably even salvia gregii would work in those kind of sun conditions, although it likes a lot of sun. You could use pavonia. Um, I'm sure there's a million others I'm not thinking of right now. But go to the growgreen.org website, and there's all the good shrubs and stuff that work well here, and they say how big they get and stuff, and see if you can't find something you like there. Um, But, yeah, I could probably think of 20 more things, and if I do, I'll mention it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I'm just not a big fan of the Indian hawthorn, even though when it's cute, it's so cute. Uh, but when it when it gets that the black spot in the morning, ugh, in the spring, I mean, it's not good. All right, here's Andy back again. Hey, Andy. Hey, I'm sorry. All my neighbors are out and about bugging me, which is nice. Um, <laughs> uh, they're seeing what I'm doing with my yard. I have a zero scape. Uh, but in the back, I, ha- I have a tilled garden mm-hmm. and, uh, because of uh, uh, just I haven't been able to attend it in the past two years. And so I'm starting again, but it's all nicely tilled. And I put down corn gluten and I have one asparagus tip that's growing up. And then I bought some more asparagus that came in late in the mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to find out uh, how to go about planting these. Do I need to just like straw hay or just stick it in the ground? Well, you get just stick it in the ground. I mean, it, you have to assume a lot of things. Healthy soil, uh, highly organic beds would be great. So a lot of compost if you haven't put that in. Uh, excellent drainage is number one because uh, okay. you, if you overwater it and it doesn't drain well, you get crown rot and stuff like that. Um, it's very. It's getting late. You typically want to plant it like in February. I think you're you're right. If you have it right now, do it as soon as you can. Um, and you can use all kind of cool stuff in the soil, like heavy amounts of compost, lava sand, organic fertilizer, earthworm castings. And if you can, you can soak the roots in seaweed water. Um, you know, that'll help 
help get them off to a really good start, too. And then add a lot of mulch. Okay. Hey, uh, thank you. The seaweed uh, water. So that's interesting. Uh, enjoy your program, and I try to get my friends to listen to you. Well, thank you. And, uh, uh, it's a great program. Thank well, you. Well, thank you so much, and good luck with your asparagus. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Okay, here, let's see. Let's go to some more texts. And again, if y'all want to join in, 512-836-0590 is call or text. And the toll-free line to call is 877-590-5525. Okay, are these brown spots on the holly bad? Okay, I'm going to have to look real close because I can't enlarge these pictures, which drives me crazy. Oh, yeah, I see. It, it's not. It's a transitory little uh, bit of insect damage. And when you get something like this and you've got these little spots on the leaves, always look on your new growth, which will be coming out pretty soon. If your new growth doesn't have them, then it's something that just kind of blew through and is over with. Um, but that hollies are really tough. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about them at all. Let's see here. Good morning. I have four citrus trees in large pots, and this year I would love to plant some trailing or compact flowers under them to make the pots look fuller. Any suggestions on a variety that would also enjoy the heavy feeding the citrus require? If you think of any edible suggestions, that's even better. Um, I, I did not realize that the he- feeding citrus was a heavy, you know, thing. Um, from what I understand, you only need to fertilize them maybe every couple months, right? Uh, but other than that, I, as far as edibles, I'm trying to think of anything that would be sort of like full or trailing. I mean, you could try you know, lots of different kind of herbs uh, for flowers. You could use just a native verbena or even the textuff or the um, some of the other verbenas that grow really well here would be gorgeous, spilling over the edges of that pot. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff you could put. You know what I forget to recommend that I just love? Now, this is an annual usually, uh, bat face kufia. That would be so cute in pots. Um, it's just, uh, there's just so many choices. Uh, there's, you know, there's trailing petunias. Um, I'm trying to think of anything edible that uh, that trails like that. It's, you know, I'm thinking mint, but I don't know how mint would do with the full sun. Um, most of the time it doesn't like the full sun. I don't know. If anybody has any great ideas, pl- please let me know. Uh, okay, Mike, here's another text. My crepe myrtles grow really tall, but I don't seem to get a whole lot of blooms out of them. I get some, but just not a full crate. Is there anything I can do? Um, one thing that you can do is try fertilizing them, again, with a, a time-release organic fertilizer formulated for flowering plants. Um, you may want to have them artfully pruned, not murdered, as we know, um, and get some of the old growth out of there. 
Some do better than others here. If they're getting full sun and they're getting watered enough, which isn't a lot, but, you know, good deep watering, if we're not getting rain, will help them, uh, you know, get some more blooms on them. Typically, though, they do really well here. Now, I don't know what kind you have. Some kinds of crepe myrtles are better suited for other parts of the South than than others. You know, I there's some that are just really great here. Others that prefer to be in Atlanta, you know. Okay. Cheryl, I think he's talking about the evergreen wisteria that has the garnet-covered blooms. It blooms in the fall. Oh, good. Thank you. It's called... Uh, Milwitia reticulata, uh, maybe a different vine, but it's called evergreen wisteria. Yeah, meticula, Miletia reticulata, fat fingers, LOL. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, I would avoid evergreen wisteria like the plague. I have seen it destroy yards. Um, so, you know, that's just me. You have to manage it 100% or it will spread and take over everything. Uh, so, okay, well, we just got a few seconds left uh, before we have to go to that last break. But here's one that says, thank you for telling me last fall how to treat blue bonnet seeds before planting. I rubbed them with a brick on my concrete driveway. Result? is I'm seeing blue bonnets in my yard now for the first time after trying for six years. Thank you. Oh, that's so awesome. I really, really appreciate the feedback. Okay, well, let's do this break. Cynthia, you'll be next right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. Let's go to Round Rock. Hey, Cynthia, how's it going? Hey, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thank I you. have a question. Okay. I see several um, crepe myrtles around. Some of them have that really slick bark where it almost looks, looks like somebody sanded the bark off. Mm-hmm. And then some of them have just like a regular bark like a tree. What is the difference? Are they different kinds? Well, they, they all have exfoliating bark, meaning it'll end up being that very smooth bark. But it just depends on the stage that they're in and the variety of crepe myrtle. Yeah, so, mine have never done that. But I thought they looked really nice. But I was just wondering why mine didn't do it. And, and it's old. Huh. So I don't know. Well, maybe that. I'm wrong. I, I thought they all did it, but it's possible they don't all do it. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it should get that shaggy, you know, look and stuff starts falling off. And I, I I, just, I love, some of them are so pretty that especially the ones that get that cinnamon colored bark, uh, those are just gorgeous. We have some that are like, I don't know, 30 feet high and they're just magnificent. Wow, that sounds yeah, wonderful. Nice. Well, All right, well, thank you for your help. Know. Okay, thank you okay. for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Hudson Bend. Hello, Jerry. How's it going out there? Good, Cheryl. How are you doing today? Very well. Thank you. Question about, I heard your show, I don't know if it was a week or two ago, and you had, you were throwing around a couple of shrubs, and you had recommended Viburnum Sandanqua to a listener. Yeah. 
I had a hedge of 38 of those uh, that were about three feet tall, been in the ground a couple years. Every one of them got froze to death during the freeze. Mm -hmm. We lost them everywhere. Is it your opinion that this freeze was a once in a lifetime thing or why would you be recommending that? Well, I guess I am sort of optimistic. I mean, I've in all my years on in central Texas, there've only been one other freeze like that and it's when I was real little in the early 50s. Uh so I guess I'm crossing my fingers and hoping it doesn't happen again, but you're right, they all just about all died. So, so if you were me, I I'm I'm still kicking around what I'm going to replace those with, something that won't freeze. I've heard you say cherry laurels. Do you have any mm-hmm. other recommendations? Uh, you could try wax myrtle. Um, there, uh, Get the dwarf one, though, unless you want a small tree. Uh, what, what are the sun conditions? Uh, some of it's sunny. It's a long hedge. Some of it's not sunny. It's shade. Yeah, so you could do a combination of things. Um, you know, for the sunny parts, you could always go with Texas sage. You cannot go wrong with that. Um, that I'm trying w- to make a green screen. Yeah. Uh, well, you think it's not dense enough or something, maybe? Oh, I, I don't know. It's evergreen. Uh, yeah. So try look at it. See if you like Texas sage. Uh, how tall do you want it to be? Six to eight feet, and I heard you say something about mountain laurels. Is that a, another good freeze-resistant plant? Yeah, that's a native, it get, but it gets taller than eight feet. It'll, it'll you know, get up there like 15, 12 feet, maybe it's probably average, but you can't go and wrong. It, and, and does it hurt it to, 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 to have to, if you cut them once a year back to the height you like, is that a problem for Not necessarily. It's just that you, you got to cut them right after they bloom in the spring, um, and that's the only time you can really cut them because they start putting on their bloom spikes again in summer and all these dumb landscape maintenance companies that don't know what they're doing will trim them all up in the fall and they cut off every bloom spike. So just be smart about when you, uh, you know, when you prune them. But yeah, I think uh, they would okay. take it. I think they would take the cutting, but there's a lot of other good uh, shrubs. There's... Uh, Again, I'll suggest to you to go to the growgreen.org website. All these things that I will suggest are depicted in that book. Okay. All, all the good native shrubs and stuff are in there, including Sandanqua viburnum. But, you know, uh, we just don't know. There's some wonderful big roses if you don't have deer. Um, and if it's inside a backyard, you don't have to worry about that, do you? Yeah, well, I'm kind of, I mean, since we've had the freeze, there must be a short list of rock star shrubs that battled that with no pro, well, yeah. or survived it, I should say. And so that, that but, should be a known, known yeah. information, right? Well, definitely the mountain laurel, although mine was severely wounded. I, I, I mean, it, it took a, a real hard hit. Of course, it faces north and it's out, didn't have any protection. Uh, but I have probably, I don't know. Five mountain laurels in my yard. Some of them are still little, um, and those did just great during the freeze. I also have a lot of evergreen yopon that did very well during the freeze. Um, didn't kill them. It didn't kill most of my plants. It killed my 
a leopard plant and it killed my society garlic, which I was very surprised about, but it didn't kill like my anisocanthus, my white mist flower. All the good native stuff came back. Might have been a little bit, you know, tip prune, but even my uh, esperanzas came back. Okay. So, yeah, mostly if you just stick to the natives, you'll be okay. All right. All Thank right. you for the info. Sure. Thanks for calling. Okay, let's see here. Here's some more text. I got a lot of text to get through here. How much can I cut back my rock rose? Um, Pavonia is rock rose, and Pavonia loves to be pruned. I would not cut it to a nub, but you could cut at least a third back. Um, and the second question is, I have a 12-foot Mediterranean fan palm. Can I dig it up? You can, but you're going to need help, and you got to get a really good root ball. I'm assuming you want to save it and move it. Probably a job for a professional. If it's 12 feet tall, that is going to be one heavy plant. You're going to need equipment to move that. But, yeah, I mean, it can be done. Um, let's see here. Uh Cheryl, on behalf of your loyal listeners, we want to thank you for your years of service to us. Silly questions, good questions, and zillion plant recommendations. Thank you for sharing Kevin with us and stories of your daughter's giant grapefruit tree. We love you. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Well, I'll tell you, it's just been my pleasure. Really my pleasure. Um, let's see here. Morning. Uh, I have four citrus. This is the guy that asked about trailing, uh, and he's talking about fertilizing. Jeff says monthly if in pots. Thank you. Okay, that's good information. I think most things would uh, do fine with the monthly fertilization. Uh, Cheryl, do you occasionally stop by your office? I'm old school and would sometimes prefer to... Uh, snail mail, hand sketches, marked up prints, etc., which you could answer the next Sunday, Bob. No, Bob, I don't go to the office anymore. In fact, everybody's pretty much uh, working remotely these days. Um, but you could, why don't you just call the office at 512-250-9004 at uh, and talk to Michael and see if, um, you know, if he could somehow get that to me. Um, you know, you can always take a picture of it and text it to me. Since you do obviously know how to text, um, that would work. Okay, let's see here. I heard you tell somebody about whacking a wisteria with a broom. Might want to tell them to do that at night. So the neighbors don't call the people with the cute white coats to come and take them away. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, you're probably right. Or call Child Protective Services. Uh, in the early 1980s, Austin had 11 straight days right after Christmas with temps at or below freezing. Most of that time in the low to mid-20s. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, my goodness, yeah, I lived in a very old house, and it got so cold that uh, my sister-in-law and I took the kids and 
and went to Mexico because it was I couldn't keep that house warm enough. Uh, but it, it for some reason it didn't kill the stuff like it does now. Um, okay, here's another text with pictures of wisteria. I know nothing about this. Decades old asparagus. When do you harvest? Did I miss it? No, you can start harvesting. Those look perfectly edible, harvestable plants. Um, if it's a very, very old bed, then you can harvest pretty much whenever you want to. Um, as you know, as long as the, of course, the smaller the shoots, the more tender it'll be. Um, let's see here. Mount Laurel in bloom sent me a picture. Man, that's something else right there. Uh, let's see. If I can answer this one. Hi, are seeds for Mexican petunia available? I've not seen them available. Uh, you may want to look at some catalogs, but if you know anyone who has Mexican petunia, they can collect seed for you or you can collect it from them because it is absolutely one of the most aggressive plants known to mankind and it puts out seed like you would not believe. Um, so, I mean, it's really good for a big area if you just want to fill it up, but otherwise don't mix it in with your other flower beds. Mexican petunia, so aggressive. All right, well, listen, just one last chance to tell you, do consider Kevin Wood Landscapes. Uh, for your projects, I mean, obviously it's March, so things are crazy. But if you just go to the website, which is kevinwoodlandscapes.com, um, and go to the contact page, um, give them a call, uh, because everything that you could ever want in a landscape company, they can do. Uh, and it's, you know what, we've been around 40-something years now. Uh, but Michael Padilla is running things, and he is wonderful and has really great crews, and they can do everything. So just uh, check out the website and see the projects. And thank you for listening. I'll see you all next Sunday. Bye-bye.